Take your Bibles with me this morning, if you will, and I want you to turn to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number four, and uh, let me share a little something with you. So at midnight last night, this is not what I had planned on preaching this morning. And so I, you know, I just, uh, you know, every preacher, you know, every preacher is a little different. I just, I don't like putting a message together at the last minute. I like to make sure that I have really studied and prayed and pondered. And, um, and so, you know, I, I try to make sure that I'm studied up and ready to roll by usually around by Friday. I pretty much know the direction I'm, that the Lord has, has me going and I'm, I have those outlines prepared and, and ready to go. And I did. And uh, the message that I was going to preach this morning, I'm very excited about preaching that message to you. I want to preach it to you. It's one you need to hear, and I believe it's going to help us all. Uh, but I, I just, there, for some reason, there was something. I just didn't have liberty. I didn't have total liberty with it. You ever, you know, if you ever went through a light and it wasn't green, but it wasn't red, you say, oh, yeah, preacher, I have that, that all the time, yeah. And, uh, well, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a red light, but I didn't have a green light either. It was definitely yellow, and I, and I, and I felt really strongly about the message. And, I, you know, I even went back, and I sort of restudied it out again to make sure. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm, uh, as much as possible, that I'm biblically accurate when I give you something from the pulpit here, but still just didn't have 100% liberty with that, and and so then early, early, early this morning before the sun was ever up, I was up and I was just spending some time with the Lord and, and just sort of, you know, Lord, is there something else? I mean, is there something else that you want me to bring today? Well, then all of a sudden the Lord reminded me several months ago, my wife and I were at a church and oddly enough, I was speaking to ladies and there wasn't any men there except the men that were serving that night. It was uh, all, all ladies. It was a very good crowd of ladies. And I, I, I taught a lesson that night. I didn't preach. I just taught a lesson that night. And when we got in the truck to go home, my wife said, have you ever taught that at Calvary? And I said, honey, no, actually I haven't. She said, you need to. You need to teach that. You need to preach that at Calvary. And so... Anyway, I'm going to take her advice and do that this morning. And uh, no, I really believe this is going to help you. This is super simple, and you know my preaching always is. But uh, I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Philippians 4. When you find your place, let's all stand this morning. And I want to talk to you about the importance of women in the church. Somebody says, Pastor, aren't you afraid that uh, because you're preaching to women that you're going to miss people today? Not really, not really, because I'm going to give you the word today. And our Bible promises uh, something that the Word of God will never return void. So that means that as long as, long as we're preaching the Bible, that means there's going to be something for everybody here today. And, and so look at Philippians chapter 4 in your Bibles and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, Paul says here, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Then he says in verse 2, I beseech you odious... And soon to came that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, verse two, those two people that were just mentioned, uh, Euodius and Sundike, are actually women. Those are women in the church. 
And he says, I beseech Euodius and I beseech Sunage that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Verse three, and I treat, I entreat thee also true yoke fellow. And that word yoke fellow just means colleague. Like you would say, that's my colleague. That's my coworker. That's my, uh, it's my friend, my neighbor uh, is what Paul is saying there. And I treat thee also true yoke fellow. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. These ladies' names are in the book of life. These ladies are born again. They are servants of the most high God. And, and so I'm gonna stop there today and I'm just gonna give you a, a little outline. I think about six, about six points, but they're all short. They're all little, little short points. This is not really a, a sermon as, as much as it is just a little lesson uh, that, that I want to give you today. So you may be seated. We're going to go to the Lord in, pr- in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts today. And I hope it'll be a help to you. Father, we love you. And Lord, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary. And, and uh, Lord, I believe I've got the green light. I believe this is what you want for us today. And Father, we're so thankful to have everyone here today. And we're especially thankful to have all of these ladies, wonderful, wonderful crowd of ladies that are here today. And Lord, just for a little while, we want to, uh, to try to be a help and a blessing to these ladies. And, and Lord, I pray that you would knit our hearts together and teach us, Lord, something that would help us to be better Christians for you than we were when we entered earlier today. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray you'd bring this together. I pray it'd make sense. I pray it would be a help. And I pray, Father, that you might be pleased through all that's done and that Jesus might be glorified. And Lord, if there are any here today that are not saved, I pray today would be the day. Today would be the day. March the 5th, uh, 2023, they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, that they would open their heart and life to Christ. And Lord, that they would personally, publicly receive him into their heart and life today, and their life would be changed. And so, Lord, help us now. We pray. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, Amen. Let me ask you something real quickly. How many are, are comfortable? How many are comfortable? Raise your hand. All right. How many are too cool? Raise your hand. Too cool. All right. All right. And I'm not going to ask the other question. Okay. And uh, Brother Rick, turn it up one degree, if you will. And, uh, and I know it'll sound like a lot, but it'll make a, big, it'll make a difference. It'll make, I want you to be comfortable because I don't, don't want you to miss the truth because you're distracted by anything, including the temperature. And that's how, that's how important this time is. So what about this thing of the importance of women in the church? So the female gender plays a super important role in the church. Evidently, there were some women who were very, very pivotal in the church there in Philippi, so much so that the Holy Spirit thought them worthy of mention in Holy Scripture. We read about them today. And not only, and I thought this was interesting, not only did he make mention of these women in Holy Scripture, but he really, he made mention in what would really become, and I know that, that all of the Word of God is all of the Word of God, but there are some chapters and verses that really seem to stand out to us in a little bit more of a special way. And isn't it ironic and interesting that the Holy Spirit saw fit to mention these women of God in what would become one of the most important, famous chapters in the Bible, and that's Philippians chapter four. We find so much wonderful, wonderful truth in Philippians chapter four. There are many of you, at least some of you here this morning, 
who probably have Philippians chapter four and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You've probably got that as your life verse. I know my wife does. And, uh, and, and isn't it amazing that this is where the Lord, the Holy Spirit saw fit to mention these ladies of all places, Philippians chapter number four. And the idea here is this, that women can play a role in the church that greatly helps. Notice if you want verse number three again, Philippians chapter four, verse three. Paul says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fella, help those women, look at the, look what he says here, which labored with me in the gospel. No, they were not preachers, but they were laborers. They were servants. They were helpers. They were assisters. And he says, help those uh, women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, with other fe my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. And so we find here that the idea is that women can play a wonderful, wonderful, important role in the ministry of the Lord and the church, or notice this, or uh, they can choose a role that genuinely hinders. And so they can help, women can help, or women can greatly hinder. Look what he says in verse number two. And Paul has to address this. As he's writing this church, this was a literal church, and he's writing this letter to the church of Philippi, and he says, I beseech you, Odious and Suntike, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, we're not exactly sure what's going on, but evidently, these two ladies were at odds, and there was uh, something that was serious enough that they were, they were sort of going at it, and, uh, and it was known. It was known in the church, and Paul the apostle writes, and he confronts that, and he says, listen, you encourage these ladies, listen, forgive, forget, get along, get along. Uh, this is not about you. This is not all about you. By the way, church, it's not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about bringing glory to Jesus. It's not about what I like or what you like or what I don't like or you don't like or anything else. It's all about what the Lord wants. And so again, I want you to get what the Bible's teaching here, that uh, wonderful truth that women can be used to the Lord to greatly help or uh, they can be used to greatly hinder the work of the Lord. Now I wanna, real quickly today, I wanna give you some things that might encourage the women of our church in being a blessing a blessing to this church. You say, Pastor, I wanna be a blessing. I'm a lady here today, I wanna be a blessing. What are some things that I can do that would be a help, an encouragement? What are some things that I can do that the Lord could, could, uh, uh, could use me uh, here in this ministry to uh, not take away from the ministry, but actually compliment the ministry here and be an extra special blessing to it? So just several words. I'm gonna give you just the key words. You can jot them down in the margin of your Bible. Uh, six things I, I believe I've got this morning. And so the first thing is this. How, how about number one? Number one is invest, invest. And by that I mean this, invest your treasure into the church. Invest your treasure into the church. Now, that's my longest point. And once we, once we get past this point, all the other points are real, real short. But I want you to hear me out. Invest your treasure into the church. Now, take your Bibles uh, this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 12. And I want to show you... I, I want to show you a scripture that is so very important, not just for ladies, but also for men. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 33, our Lord is speaking here, he's teaching. And look what our, our Lord says in Luke chapter 12 and verse number 33. Luke 12, verse 33. Watch very closely. 
The, the Lord Jesus says, says in verse 33, sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. Now look what he says in verse 34. For where your what? For where your treasure is, there will your what? There will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I'm gonna be honest with you, church, a lot of times we've got this all backwards. And sometimes people say, you know what, uh, preacher, uh, if, uh, you know what, if uh, I really get to the place where I really like church, you know, then I'm gonna start investing my treasure into the church. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're to invest our treasure into something, and if we'll invest our treasure into that, guess what's gonna happen? Our heart's gonna end up there. And so, ladies, it's very, very important. If you want to be a blessing to the work of the Lord, you want to be a blessing to your family, you want to be a blessing to the church, it's very important that you invest your treasure into the church. Well, you say, Pastor, what in the world does that even mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let, let me tell you what that means. I wrote several things down here. Number one, I'm talking about the treasure of your talent. The treasure of your talent. If you're here this morning and you have a talent, God's given you a talent, God's given you a gift. If you're here this morning and you say, oh, Pastor, I can play an instrument. Listen, you know what you ought to be doing? You ought to be playing that instrument for the Lord. Use it. Man, how many people have a gift? How many people have a talent? And yet they're not using it for the cause of Jesus. They're not using it for the glory of God. Listen to me. If you're here this morning and you can play the piano or the keyboard or you can play a trumpet or you can play a guitar or, or you can play a flute uh, or you can play a, a violin or you can play uh, some type of an instrument. Oh my goodness, listen, be sure that you find Brother Brandon and uh, let him know, listen, I can play an instrument and preach your priest on it this morning and I just won't let you know. You know, if, if there's a way that God can use that for his glory, listen, if God's given you a talent, don't hide that talent uh, under the bushel. You need to use that talent for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I can't play a, a musical instrument, but I can sing. I've got a good singing voice. And people have always told me that I've got a really, really good singing voice. Then you be sure you let us know. And, and uh, you need to use that for the Lord. Oh, you say, Pastor, no, I can sing in the shower. I can sing at the house, but there's no way. There's no way I can sing in the church. Oh, listen to me. Did you know with God, nothing is impossible? You say, Pastor, if I ever got up here like Miss Krista did, I would, I mean, I'd get sweaty palms. Well, that's okay. I get sweaty palms every service. Preacher, I'd just shut down. Listen, God is able to give you what you need to use your gift for the glory of the Lord. But again, I'm just saying this. It's important that you invest your treasure in to the Lord's work. Uh, you may be here, and I know there are some. We have some ladies here that are just absolutely incredible cooks. You know how to cook. Not everybody knows how to cook. You know how to cook. Some of you, some of you do. And, uh, and you know what? The Lord's blessed you, and, and you don't even have to look at the recipe book anymore. I mean, you just know, put a dash of this and a bit of this and a touch of this, and man, you know how to do all that. And somehow, man, somehow those biscuits turn out just right, and you're just an absolute wonderful cook. You know what? You ought to use that for the glory of the Lord. Absolutely. 
hey, when we're having a fellowship or a get-together or Q&A or something like that, and, and somebody stands up here and says, hey, we need some folks to volunteer. Listen, use your gift for the glory of the Lord. You're here this morning and you say, well, pastor, I can't play an instrument. I can't play the piano. I can't play the guitar. And I'm really not really great at singing. And, and uh, you know, I'm sort of average at cooking, but I'll tell you what I can do. Uh, pastor, I'm just, the Lord's just really giving me a gift at working with children. And I'm, I'm just really good at, at working with kids. And, uh, and, and I don't know what it is, but they just love me and I love them. And we have such a good time together. And, and I, I really feel comfortable, you know, when I'm working with children and working with youth. Man, great. Use that for the glory of God. That's what I'm talking about. Invest your treasure. Uh, you're here today and you say, well, pastor, I can't do any of those things. But you know what? I'm, I'm pretty good at decorating. I mean, I'm pretty good at, you know, I've got an eye for decorating and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Now, this is all I'm saying, ladies. If God has given you a gift and it might be some of those things, it might be none of those things, it might be other things, but be sure that you invest your treasure into the work of the Lord, the treasure of your talent. How about this? The treasure of your time. The treasure of your time. Listen, make God's house a major part of your life. Listen to what our Bible says about Anna in Luke chapter 2, verse 37. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple. Listen to this. But served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Man, here was a godly lady. And she was so godly that the Spirit of God saw fit to mention her in holy writ. And so, listen, invest the treasure of your talent. Invest the treasure of your time. I wrote this down. Invest the treasure of your thoughts. Your thoughts. What do you, what do you mean, preacher? Be thinking about how the Lord could use you. How you can improve the ministry that God has given you. How can I do better in the choir? How can I serve better as a hospitality team? Well, I've been serving in the nursery. How could we do that better? How could we do better in our ministry to the youth? You know, the ministry that God has given me, how can I make more of an impact? How can I have more of an influence? Listen to what Titus chapter two tells us. The aged women likewise, that they be in behaviors, become with holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, ladies, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. Now, you know what the Bible's teaching there? That there were ladies in the early church that had great influence within the church and they were using that, they were using that not to hinder the ministry, but to help the ministry. And so the treasure the treasure of your talent, the treasure of your time, the treasure of your thoughts. But here's where I wanted to get to, the treasure of your tribe. You say, tribe? I don't have a tribe. Oh, yeah, you do. Some of you have a village. I'm telling you what. I told my mom and dad, if things can, we just, they just added to our family this week and our, our immediate family. I told mom and dad, I said, man, y'all got your own zip code. If y'all keep going like you're going, your tribe. The treasure of your tribe. What do you mean, pastor? I'm talking about your children. I'm talking about your home. I'm talking about your family. Now, some of you here this morning have little ones. Others of you, your little ones are all grown. And now they're adults and now they're married. And now you're having, you know, you're in the, you're in the grandparent stage and you've got grandbabies that are coming along. This is what I'm saying. Be sure that you invest that, that treasure, the treasure of your tribe, 
this, this is what I'm saying. Strive to get every single one of your family members into the house of the Lord. That's what I'm saying. Listen, if you're here this morning, ladies, and you say, well, you know, preach, I don't, is there anything I can do for the Lord? Are you kidding me? Hey, if you've got kids that are not in God's house and they're not in God's will, then today on March the 5th, 2023, that ought to become your new, your, your new the, the thing that consumes you, the thing that just drives you is by the grace of God, I'm gonna do my best to get all of our kids in the house of God. I'm gonna do, do my best to get all of our grandkids to the Lord. Now, wait a minute. They may not all come to this church. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this. If you've got kids that are out of God's will and away from the Lord, you know what? We need some godly mamas today, some godly ladies that'll get a hold of heaven and say, God, I need you to save my kids. I need you to save my grandkids. I need you to get them back in the house of the Lord and you need to do everything you can to make sure that your family is on their way to heaven and that the circle is not gonna be broken one of these days. The treasure of your tribe we know beyond a shadow of any doubt that Timothy was in the work of the Lord because of two things. He had a godly grandmother and a godly mother. 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in, in thee also. We don't know much about Timothy's dad. We believe that Timothy's dad was probably a Greek. He was probably lost. He probably never came to Christ. And yet Timothy became a wonderful, wonderful pillar in the New Testament, one that we read about and talk about, preach about all the time, Timothy or Timotheus. And somebody says, well, pastor, how in the world did, if Timothy's daddy was lost, how did he ever end up in the ministry serving Jesus Christ? Because Timothy had some godly ladies that invested their treasure uh, into the work of the Lord. And oh, listen, ladies, this is all I'm saying. Make sure that you give your treasure to the Lord. And invest your time and your, and your talent and your gifts into the work of the Lord. The truth of the matter is, so many church members, church, and the will of God is a very small priority. A very small priority. Now you say, Pastor, why? This is the reason. Because wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. I'm glad I had a dad who's probably watching right now. I'm glad I had a dad who taught me this principle when I didn't know he was teaching me this principle. And I remember many a day, we would get up on a Saturday and dad would say, all right, boys, and get my brother together and me. And we'd start loading up that old Ford Ranger pickup truck and truck. And man, we'd start putting tools in there and, and uh, didn't have blowers back in that day. Didn't know what a blower was. That was a blower. And uh, I didn't have blowers. Didn't really, I mean, really the weed eater was like the latest, greatest thing, you know. And, and since it was the latest, greatest thing, dad got to use it, you know. And, and uh, but we'd start loading up all the tools and the, you know, we, we, we'd load up the brooms and, and uh, just all the tools that we would need uh, mowers and things like that. We'd go down to the church and, and he'd say, we're going to go down to church and we're going we're to spend a little time down at the church. I thought, oh, okay. We're having a, there's a work day today? And he said, no. I said, well, who, who's coming? He said, us. Well, I mean, are the, are, are the other men coming? No. Well, why are we going? Because we're going to go work around the house of the Lord. 
It wasn't a planned work day. It wasn't something that the pastor had announced. It was just that, you know what, daddy saw there were some things at the church that needed to be done and, and there were some things that needed to be manicured and there were some things that needed to be cleaned up and there were some things that needed to, be, uh, needed to be cared for. And so we would load up and go down there some days and maybe we would spend several hours at the house of God. Now, I didn't know this, but my dad was actually teaching me a great lesson that wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's gonna be. And I'm thankful that I had a dad that tried his best to locate my heart at the house of God. And so invest, ladies. Invest your treasure. How about this? Number two, quickly. That was my longest point. Number two is the word identify. What do you mean, pastor? Identify as a participator. Identify as a participator, not so much a commentator. And we got a lot of commentators in the church. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We got a lot of spectators in the church. But I'm talking about a participator. Hey, ladies, just decide right now, you know what? I'm gonna be busy in the work of the Lord. I wanna be, listen, I wanna have the reputation of contributing, of serving, of working, of decorating, of cleaning, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says it like this, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. And I'm gonna just ask us today, is your reputation one of being busy for the Lord? You, will, you, you say, well, nobody's, nobody has personally come to me and asked me to do a job. Well, just find something and do it. You know what, if you wanna help sweep, man, just grab a broom. Go to town. Go at it. Man, there's always cobwebs. I mean, we really do. We try our best, and we have an excellent team that shows up here on Sunday morning, and man, they just really go at it. But there's always cobwebs, and there's always stink bugs somewhere. Am I telling it the right? And, uh, you know, just some folks that are going around and, and just making sure things are right and vacuumed and clean. And, uh, but, but, but listen, identify as a, as a participator. But there's a third thing. Number three is the word entrust. Entrust. We're talking about how you can be a blessing to the church. Uh, not only invest and identify, but number three, entrust. What do you mean, pastor? Entrust your pastor to handle the problems in the church. Right. Yes, sir. Don't insist in helping in those areas. Now, no, you know, seriously, and I thought about even leaving this one off because it's, it's a lot easier to teach this kind of stuff when you're away. And then I thought, well... When I'm preaching away, if those people need to hear that kind of thing, they probably need to hear it when I'm home. You know, God has provided you with a shepherd. And if there are issues and problems in the church, let your pastor take care of it. And I'll tell you what you can do. You pray that God will give your pastor the wisdom to deal with it. And then you trust your pastor to handle it. And so I don't need you... You know, I, I, I mean, I, 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 man, I love you. I love you as long as the day is long. But, but when there's an issue, and thank God we don't have many, but when there's an issue in the church, you know, the last thing we need is, is for 15 women to get on the phone and start calling one another and, and talking about, you know, this needs to be done and that needs to be done. This should have been done. That should have been done. And uh, listen, just entrust your shepherd to handle the situation and God will take care of it. Amen. Yeah, and here's something I want you to understand as well, that if you don't like the way the problem or the pastor handled the problem, here's the great news. You won't answer for it. 
Well, I'll tell you one thing. I just didn't agree with pastor. Okay. Then pray for him. But understand something. You won't stand before God with it. Hebrews 13, 17, the Bible says, obey them which have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. Listen to this. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now I'm gonna get off this point and I'm gonna go to the next point, but I just wanna say this. Listen, you know, sometimes things do arise in churches and sometimes folks try to start getting a little ahead of the pastor and handling it. And here's the problem with that. Sometimes the pastor knows some things that the church members don't always know. And so just, listen, you just pray for your preacher, Amen. You say, you need it. Well, you got that right. You're right about that. What can you do, ladies, to be a blessing to the church? Invest, identify, entrust. Hey, how about this one? Number four is insist. What do you mean, pastor? Insist on keeping your first lady encouraged. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because she keeps me encouraged. That's why. And, uh, and listen, here's the thing. And, and I, man, when I walk in here on Sunday morning, man, I want to be on the top side. You know why? Because of what Miss Krista said was right. When I walk in here on Sunday morning, I understand that there are people here that have burdens and problems and some of you are in the valley and some of you are going through the storms of your life and you don't need a preacher to stand up here on Sunday morning and say, whoa, woe is me and nobody knows the troubles that I've seen in church. I don't know if any of, any of us are gonna make it. No, you need a preacher that stands up here on Sunday morning and says, hey, everything's all right in my father's house. We're going to make it. We're on the winning side. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And I am thankful that I have a little redhead down here that very often encourages me. And so be sure that you encourage her. Listen, I'm not that old. Boy, thank you, Brother Ricky, for that one amen. But why are all the, not all, but why are so many of the younger pastors calling me now? As they did this week. Young pastor called me this week. He said, can I talk to you for a little bit? I said, absolutely. He said, how do you handle something like this? He said, had a family, had a family want to meet with me this week. And then he said, this is how they started the conversation. Pastor, don't take this personally. But here is a list. And they laid out a list of 65 complaints in the church. And my wife and I had this conversation, and this is what I said. Why don't you go somewhere where you can be happy? I'm talking about the people that had the list. Man, if you've got that many problems with the church, you know what that means? You probably need to be seeking another church. And there's, last time I checked, there's nothing that's holding people here. Amen? And he said, how do you handle that? How do you handle that? And I, I spent a little time on the phone with this pastor and just tried to, just tried to encourage him and, and just, tried to, uh, just tried to pour into him. And I, I just said that to say this, that I'm going to be honest with you, that about 99% of the ministry is positive and wonderful and amazing. And man, I'm so thankful that I'm here today. And I mean that. I'm not just preaching that stuff. I'm telling you, man, I'm glad to be here this morning. But you know what? Every once in a while, there are things that come up and there are things that happen. And I'm just thankful I've got a, 
I've got a wife. When they do, she just comes to my side. She encourages me. And so you know what? If you'll, if you'll encourage her, she'll keep me encouraged. Invest, ladies. Identify, entrust, insist. How about this? How about this? This is an important one. Number five is the word include. Include. Include every, every lady as a part of your group. Include every lady as a part of your group. Now, don't y'all get mad at me. Some of you are already mad, but don't get mad, don't get mad at this, okay? But women, I'm just, okay. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Women have a tendency to be a little clannish, all right? I mean, come on now. You know what your BFF is? Oh, she's my BFF. She's my BFF. I'm, you know. I can't do it. I can't do it like you can do it. I'm not even going to try. I can't. I don't have the voice. I can't do it, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you, you've got those little, uh, you know, you've just got those women in the church that, man, they're, they're just your favorite buds, you know, and y'all hang around. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching against all of that. I'm not preaching against you having good friends and, and close friends and all that kind of thing. But I would say this, if the church is gonna grow, every person needs to feel accepted in the Lord. Everybody does. And so can I just challenge our Calvary ladies? You may be visiting here today. I'm not talking to you, but just all of our Calvary ladies. Can I just challenge you this morning as your your, uh, pastor that loves you very much? Listen, as we see new ladies walk into this church, oh, listen to me, ladies. Whatever you do, make sure you go over and you welcome them and love them. You say, well, pastor, they don't look like me. They don't act like me. I understand that. But you go over there and listen, how many know this? That people don't care how much you know until first they know how much you care. And if you see a lady come in our church and she shouldn't have anybody to sit with, why don't you go over to her and say, hey, listen, would you like to sit with me? I know she don't have a Bible. Would you, uh, would you care about sharing with me? If you see a new lady come to the altar or not a new lady come to the altar, maybe you ought to go to the altar and just kneel down beside her and say, hey, can I pray with you? Or you don't even have to ask. Just start praying for her. You know, so I've never prayed for her before. That's what I'm talking about. Man, just, just make every single lady feel like, listen, they're, they're a part of the group. Uh, go out of your way to welcome the new ladies that come into the house of God. And so invest, identify, entrust, insist, include. We're done, we're done. How about this? Number six, inspire. Oh, yeah, inspire. Inspire what, preacher? Inspire your husband to serve the Lord. Inspire your husband to serve the Lord. Listen, you can close your Bibles. We're done. Almost. I still got two stories. I've been pastor of the same church for 31 years. I don't even know how that's even possible. Let me tell you one of the things I've noticed after 31 years, I've seen couples come in and, and, uh, and this has probably happened a time or two. She'll come to me and she'll say, Pastor, I just want my husband to love the Lord. I just want my husband to serve Christ. I want to have a godly home. I want him to be the spiritual leader of our home. Be careful what you ask for. 
And so they, they've been to other churches. They've never been to this church and they come here and all of a sudden, man, the word of God starts working and the spirit of God starts blessing and, and all of a sudden he either gets saved or he gets right with God and, and man, he just rededicates his life to Jesus and all of a sudden, man, for the first time, he is on fire for God. I mean, it's never been like this. Man, all of a sudden, he's, you know, one day, I mean, she's sitting beside him and man, the service is just really getting good and all of a sudden he, he does this, he Doesn't even have a question. Raise his hand. One day she's sitting beside him, and man, she's never heard him do anything like this. And man, the service is really getting good. And her husband says, Amen. Now he doesn't do it like Preacher Looney, but he just says, Amen. And her little ears said, Whoa, I never heard that before. And, then, and, and all of a sudden he says, You know what, honey? Let's go to Sunday school. Let's go to Sunday school. Hey, I know what, honey. Let's go back on Sunday night. Hey, sweetheart, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go, to, let's go to revival this week. Hey, sweetheart, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go to that class the pastor was talking about. And all of a sudden, man, he just gets, he gets on fire and he wants to serve the Lord. And he wants to go early and he wants to stay late. And uh, wait a minute now, wait a minute now. And that same woman who came to me months and months before who said, I just want him to be the spiritual leader of our home. That same woman starts reeling back in. And now he's, man, he is absolutely on fire for God. And she tries to start hindering him. Listen to me, ladies. Inspire your husband to serve the Lord. Now, don't you preach at him, but you do a 1 Peter 3 at him. You say, what is that? You read it in your devotions later. Man, you encourage him and inspire him to serve God. Listen to this. Somebody said a good wife is heaven's last best gift to a man. His angel of mercy Minister of grace is innumerable. Her, his gem of many virtues. His box of jewels. Her voice, his sweetest music. Her smiles, his brightest day. Her kiss, the guardian of innocence. Her arms, the pale of his safety. The balm of his health. The balsam of his life. Her industry, his surest wealth. Her economy, his safest steward. Her lips, his faithful counselors. And her prayers, the ablest advocates of heaven's blessing on his head. You know, if I were to mention Jonathan Edwards, well, a lot of you would recognize that name. Jonathan Edwards. Even if you went to public school, I remember going to public school and they taught us about Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was that, of course, that preacher that preached during the Great Awakening and he preached a famous sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Y'all remember that? The Bible says there was such conviction when he would preach that message that the people would literally hold on to the pillars of the church, afraid that they were gonna, that they were gonna tumble into hell. And Jonathan Edwards went down into history as one of the greatest preachers that's ever preached in America. What a lot of folks don't know is that there was a lady behind him by the name of Sarah Edwards. And listen to this. I read, I read an article on Sarah Edwards, and this was the title, How One Godly Mother Changed the World. It says here, Sarah's sanctification didn't happen in a vacuum. The Edwards had 11 children. 
and they all had a front row seat to Sarah's spirituality. And they were at no doubt influenced by the godliness of their mother, but her influence didn't end at, the, at her front door. Considering that Sarah was a stay-at-home mom in a pre-internet age, her impact on the world is remarkable. In 1900, historian A.E. Winship traced Sarah and Jonathan Edwards' lineage. And this is what he said. Much of the capacity and talent, intelligence, and character of the more than 1,400 descendants of the Edwards family is due not to Jonathan Edwards, but is due to Sarah Edwards. Listen to this. Out of their family came 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 100 lawyers, and a dean of law school, 30 U.S. judges, 66 physicians, and a dean of medical school, 80 holders of public office, three U.S. senators, mayors of three large cities, governors of three states, a vice president of the United States of America, and a controller of the U.S. Treasury. And listen to this part, and I'm done. According to one biographer, the Edwards descendants also entered the ministry in platoons. They entered the ministry in platoons and sent at least 100 missionaries overseas. One family. Now, you say, what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm saying, man, it is amazing the influence that a lady of God can have the importance of women in the church. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, we love you. And thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Thank you for our ladies. God, we thank you for their investment. We thank you, Lord, for the influence that they have. And God, today I pray Lord, that you give us some mamas and, and some wives and some ladies who would say, Lord, I'm going to invest my treasure into the work of God. I'm going to do it. I want to be a lady of God. I want to be used of God to make an impact. Lord, maybe today you would burden the heart of a mama that's here this morning, who has children that are away from God. Lord, today you would burden her heart maybe like never before to reach her children for Jesus. Father, maybe there's a grandmother that's here today that has grandbabies that she loves more than life and yet those grandbabies aren't being raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And some of those grandkids are lost, lost without Christ. Oh God, I pray today that you'd give us some moms, grandmas. God, give us some ladies that are determined by the grace of God to reach their families and to rescue their kids and their grandkids and get their families to God. Lord, I pray that you would work in and through this invitation. And I pray all that's done, you'd be pleased with it. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And I want to ask a 
couple questions. First of all, how many are here today who would say, Pastor, if I died today, I mean, if something, God forbid, but if something were to happen, I had a heart attack right now in the seat where I'm seated. Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would go to heaven. I know that I'm born again, I'm saved. If that's you, without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up. You'd say, Pastor, it's me. I am saved. I know that I'm born again. I'm saved. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me ask you this, though. How many are here today, women and men, ladies and gentlemen, young, old, middle-aged, members, visitors? How many of you here this morning would say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. I could not raise my hand. And if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And I care enough to slip up my hand and say, please pray for me. If that's you, without anybody looking, would you slip your hand up right now? You'd say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure that I would go. I see that hand. Is there another? Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure. I see that hand. I see that little hand. Is there another? Is there another? Raise it real high so I don't miss you. Just wave it. I see that hand. I see that hand. Oh my. Oh my. We need to pray. I see this little hand over here. Who else? Who else? Pastor, I'm not sure. I see that hand. Thank you. Who else? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. I need you to pray for me. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? You haven't raised your hand yet, but you'll raise it right now. And let me pray for you. All right. All right. Thank you, buddy. I see your hand. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. It's wonderful. Oh, God. Lord, I pray you do a work. Father, I believe right now we're standing between the living and the dead. Lord, right now we're at a, a time in our service and in our day where we are literally standing between heaven and hell right now. Lord, you saw the hands that were lifted. Some were older, some were younger. But Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you do a saving work of grace in their life. Father, right now, I pray you give them the courage. If the Spirit of God is really dealing with their heart, I pray in just a moment, I pray in just a moment, without a moment's hesitation, they would step out and they would come and let somebody take a Bible and show them how to be born again. So Father, have your way, please, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want you to do me a favor, very, very quietly, if you would. I want you to stand all over the house with our heads bowed. I need our personal workers, if you don't mind, to tiptoe down to the altar. I need women and men down here today that can be ready. I want to ask another question, though, before we officially start the invitation. How many are here today would say, Pastor, I'm, I am saved. I've already raised my hand about that, but... I have family members and I am not sure that they're on their way to heaven. Preacher, I don't know if they died today. I don't know they'd make it. I don't know they'd make it. Pastor, I've got grandkids and I love them, grandbabies, and they're not being pointed to Jesus. And I'm not sure if they died, they'd go to heaven. 
if that's you, if that's you, I want you to do something. In just a moment, I want you to make your way down to this altar and find a place, find a place. And I want you to do business with Jesus today. And I want you to call their names out. I want you to tell the Lord who they are. I want you to call their names out. Lord, you know who I'm talking about. And I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, please, in 2023, give me an opportunity to witness to them. Give me an opportunity to, to get them to church, to get them under the sound of the gospel. God, give me an opportunity to do it. So Lord, I thank you for your blessings. Holy Ghost of God, I pray now that you would do what only you can. Lord, many good number raised their hands today and said they're not sure about heaven. God, I pray right now you give them the courage to step out publicly and come. There'll be somebody here to meet them with a Bible and to show them how they can know that they know that they're going to heaven when they die. So Lord, help us. Have your way in the invitation, please. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're gonna keep our heads bowed, but if you raise your hand right now, I want you to step out. Right now, I want you to step out. If you raise your hand, I want you to come right now. Hey, listen, if you need somebody to come with you, just ask them to come with you. Ask them to come with you. That's fine. That's right. Come on. Come on right now. That's right. Right over here. Come on. That's right. That's right. Folks are moving. Who else? Who else? Who else? Pastor, not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure I raised my hand about that. Or maybe you didn't raise your hand. Hey, listen, right now, would you come? Would you come? That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Come on. Come on. Amen. Personal workers, make sure all these folks get help today. Oh, God, I want to thank you. Lord, you're so good to meet with us here at Calvary. God, thank you for, I don't know why I'm so emotional. But God, I just thank you for meeting with us. Oh, Lord, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be in this place until the Lord returns. God, I pray that this, this will always be a soul-saving station. Lord, a place where our people can bring their loved ones to find Jesus. Lord, right now, some folks I believe are finding him. Oh, Holy Spirit, work. Lord, some parents are calling out their kids' names to the Lord. Some grandparents are calling out some grandkids' names to the Lord. Holy Spirit, please continue to work in this invitation. Help us to forget about the time. And God, help us to think about eternity. Oh, Holy Spirit, please, please work. And we thank you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Oh, yes. You stay in this altar as long as you need to. Don't be in a rush. Is there anybody else that needs to make a move? Brother Pope, I raised my hand earlier that I'm not sure I'm saved. Why don't you come? Amen. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Folks are still coming. Folks are still coming. You're here today and you say, Brother Pope, I didn't raise my hand about being saved, but I need to be. Okay. Doesn't matter you didn't raise your hand, but I want you to come though. Some of you are right on the edge. You're getting ready to step out. 
Don't you let the devil hold you back in your place. Will you come? Will you come? Man, church, I don't know what's wrong with me this morning. I'm normally not this emotional. You know, sometimes I wonder, it seems like, it seems like quite a few churches right now are experiencing the touch of God. There's, there, seems to be, there seems to be a hint of revival that's happening, not just here, but other churches. Could it be that the Lord is getting ready to come? Could that be what's getting ready to happen? Maybe just maybe the Lord's getting his church ready, not just this church. Whatever you do, friend, don't you miss it. Don't you miss it. Man, while God's working, don't you miss it. Who else? Who else needs to come? If you got saved this morning or personal workers, if you dealt with somebody about their salvation, be sure you get a be sure you get a get something filled out on them, if you will. Folks are still getting help. I, listen, I love it. Folks are burdened about their families. Church, I'm gonna tell you something. We're gonna have to just get out of doing church. We know how to do church. We know how to tie our time where, you know, bring our Bible and sing a song and we go home the same way we came. Somewhere along the line, everything's got to change. We got to quit doing church. Man, we need the power of God to fall is what we need. And we need some families that'll get burdened about their loved ones. So burdened that you're willing to shed a tear. You're willing to pray, you're willing to fast. Lord, I don't know what all these folks are praying about. But Father, I pray you'd grant it. Oh, Lord, I pray you'd grant it. Father, I pray right now, wherever those kids are, wherever they may be, there could be some of them strung out on drugs. There may be some that are experiencing a hangover this morning. Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now, wherever they may be, that you would arrest their spirit and that you would help them to know that there's a mom and a dad and a grandma and a grandpa that are praying for their eternity. God, that there's a church that's doing their best to stand in the gap. Oh, Spirit of God, please do miraculous things. We're, we're tired of the natural and normal. Lord, we've had that for way too long. God, do the supernatural. God, do the miraculous. God, you're able, you're capable, you're almighty. Spirit of God, work this morning, please. Blow upon us, Holy Spirit.